Hallelujah. 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 How many know you can miss the blessings? You can miss blessings sometimes by not paying attention. You can miss you can miss a visitation of God and he'll pass right by you and you're going to miss him. The old song says, reach out and touch the Lord as he passes by. Hallelujah. This week I was in Little Rock. And I'm notorious for running my car low on gas. Not because the Lord hasn't blessed me with finances to put gasoline in the tank. Sometimes I just want to see how far I can go on that E. Just... I was in Little Rock, and Peyton was with me. I told him, I said, if you don't remind me to get gas, we will run out on the way home. And it was that low. And so we, we went and seen Brother Ron. By the way, Brother Ron's doing good. He had a heart procedure done. It looks great. He's coming home either today or tomorrow, and he's doing very well. But continue to pray for him. Amen? Yeah. Amen. So we pulled into the gas station in the nick of time, and I found gas for three nineteen. I was like, "Praise the Lord, gas three nineteen! That's awesome." I get out of the car, and Peyton, he sits in the car. I get out, I start to get the pump ready, and, and there's this woman on the other side of the pump, and. And uh, I looked at her, and, she, and I just smiled at her. She smiled back at me, and I said, how are you doing? She said, I'm doing good. And I said, praise the Lord. And she just kind of looked at me. She said, hey, I've got rewards at this gas station. She said, and they're running out. Would you like to have them? I'll just come over there and punch it in and, and, and do that for you. I said, man, I'll take the blessing. I've seen the blessing of God. 25 cents more off the 319. Thank God for the little things. I was praising God. I was like, and I told her, thank, thank you so much. I said, thank God. I mean, I said, I didn't need a gas, but I'm empty. You know, and we just kind of chit-chatted back and forth. And, and she punched her code, code in. And I put my card in and got the gas and uh, pushed the button and filled it all the way up. She said, well, I'll see you. And she took off. And I said, absolutely. Matter of, we talked about church in, in Jacksonville, was where she was from, and the church up there. And so we visited for a few minutes and got done pumping my gas and asked if I wanted a receipt. I pulled the receipt out and said yes, and it gave it to me. I pulled it out. And I looked at it, and I thought, something's not right. It said I paid three seventy four. dollars per gallon for gas. That's not cool. You talk about going from cloud nine to, I'm sitting there, and then I realized I punched the premium button. So 374 turned into a praise report that I didn't have to pay 399. <laughs> Woo! For premium gas. 
Sometimes we miss a blessing because we're not paying attention. I'll give you this for your records. <laughs> Have that. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be in King James Version of Job, chapter 22 and verse number 27. And I'm going to go quickly. I have a lot to say. This is more of a teaching than it is a preaching. And I don't even know if I have a style, but whatever style this is, it's going to be quick today. If you'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word, Job 22 and verse 27. Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. This is some of Job's friends talking to him and telling him what he needs to do. He says, Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. Hallelujah. Can everybody say, decree a thing? Decree. Thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. The word established means it will succeed. Decree a thing, and it will succeed. And the light shall shine upon thy ways. The word light speaks of illumination, and it's also where we get the word revelation. The, an act of revealing or communicating divine truth or something that is revealed by God to humans. That's what revelation is. If I was to turn off the lights in here, you wouldn't see me. I wouldn't see you, but that doesn't mean we're not here. Is everybody following? Everybody tracking? It just means we haven't been revealed yet. Some things God has already set in your life, but it hasn't been revealed yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It hasn't been illuminated yet. You know what? God's going to shine the light upon our ways. Amen? It could be a place you're about to walk into. It could be an unexpected blessing you're about to receive. God's going to illuminate things you didn't know that was there for you. And you won't have to run people down. Blessings are going to run you down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you for a few minutes on the subject of decree a thing. I want you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are still on the throne and nothing has made you afraid. Nothing has made you advocate your throne. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing discourages you. Father, today as I preach, I ask you, Lord, to open our eyes and ears that we can see and to hear what you'd have us to see and to hear. I ask you, Lord, for the, uh, the, the, our soil, Lord, that's deep down inside will be uh, ready for the seed of the word to go down in us, Father, that you can uh, let it multiply, let it grow inside of us. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint me with the Holy Ghost that I may speak with boldness your word in all these things I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Like I said, I'm going to go quickly today. After I get done, we're going to get right back into that song, I Speak Jesus. Is that the name of that song? I Speak Jesus. That's a good name for it. I like that. Some things that I've learned over my time in the Word and hearing the Word preach is that the Bible was written from an agricultural perspective. Does everybody understand that? The Bible speaks about seed. It speaks about harvest. It speaks about animals, sheep, goats, 
Everybody tracking with me? You know what I'm talking about. Tithing is part of agricultural. You're planting seed. Yes. Whatever you produce, you give back. Yes. The next thing we need to know to help us understand the scripture is the Bible is also written from a legalistic perspective. This is teaching, but I want you to get it and help me go along here. Everything in your Bible is based on legal terms. How many knew that? When you start reading your Bible, if you don't know these two keys, it helps you to read the Word of God. Okay? Here's an example. We're introduced to the Ten Commandments. That's a legal terminology. Commandments. Rights, rules, statutes are all legal terminology. You'll hear words in the Bible with legal terminology like advocate. Jesus is your advocate. You have words like mediator. He's your mediator. In the courts, they will bring in a mediator to settle some things between two people. You also have a judge. The Bible talks about Jesus being the righteous judge. The Bible says that in the book of Acts that we will be his witnesses. Legal terms. Legal terms. These are all legal terms. And then we have one that's called the accuser. How many know who your accuser is today? When you go to court, there's someone who's accusing you. And how many know that the devil today is still accusing you? That's why you hear it in your voice sometimes. Oh, you can't come and worship like you can, you've been doing. Wednesday, we had what I called spontaneous worship erupt in here, which the, the people that was here made it sound like the house was full, worshiping God. You can't do that with the accuser in your ear. You have to put him off and say, I'm going to praise God anyway. Devil, you can't say who I am in Christ. Here's another word I want to deal with today, and that's decree. Anytime a decree is being put in place, it's because a judge has made, made a demand or a ruling. He has put something in writing, and the thing or the decree has to happen. A decree is an official order that has the force of law. It's a rule or an injunction that must be obeyed. There are no arguments. No one can, no one can say no to it. Once it's written, it must be obeyed. That's why in the book of Daniel, when the king made the, a decree, he realized uh, he had made a mistake. He liked Daniel, and he'd been duped. He'd been tricked. And so he made a decree that you can only pray to his God, his idol, his statue. Everybody remember the story? He realized it was a mistake. He also realized he couldn't change his own decree. No one wants to pray to another God. He was decreed. It was a decree by the king. But Daniel went right ahead and prayed to his God and was thrown into the lion's den because he disobeyed the decree. Wow. I'm not even going to get into Daniel, but boy, isn't that a great story. He'll walk with you through the fire just like the Hebrew kids. But in, in, in uh, Daniel's case, he, he shut the mouths of lions. Sometimes I need God just to shut the mouths of my enemy. I need God to shut the mouths of my enemy and let me just be at peace where I'm at. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once it's been decreed, it has to come to pass. When God says something... It's going to come to pass. Wow, I'm going to say it again. When God says something, it's going to happen. 
There's not a devil, there's not a demon, there's not a witch, there's not a warlock that can stop the word of the Lord. When he speaks, it's going to happen. Decree a thing, and it will be established. It will come to pass. Listen at this, Luke chapter 11, verse number 2. So he said to them, when you pray, say this, our Father in heaven, Hallowed be your name, or holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We need to be a mirror of what's happening in heaven. We need to display what is happening in heaven, amen? We have to understand how the kingdom works. Kingdom work sometimes is not preached too much in the church. We hear the terminology, but we don't understand it so much. England, England, the country of England, a little island, or the United Kingdom is what we call them, understood how to control things here on earth. How many know that? At one time, England controlled three quarters of the world. That little bitty tiny spot, it's an island. That it blows me away. Apparently, it doesn't blow you away, but that blows me away. Wow. The first thing you have to do when you're a kingdom person is you enforce a language. That's what England did, it enforced the language, the English language. This tiny little nation understood how to control three-quarters of the world by controlling the language. You can go anywhere in the world today, and there's going to be someone there speaking English. Because in a kingdom structure, you have to push language. Then you control the narrative. Then you control the communication. I'm talking about decree a thing today. All right? Jesus wants to understand that he has a kingdom that has a culture. It has a behavior. It has a language. <laughs> and when you pray, say, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to pray, Lord, your language, your culture. I want it to come to earth. Whatever is happening in heaven, I want it to happen in me. I want it to happen here on earth. In other words, if you say it in the earth, he said, I'll make sure it happens in the heavens. <laughs> Let me say it this way, Matthew 18 and 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He gives us that authority. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come, thy will, what you enforce, your will how many has ever enforced your will on somebody? Every once in a while, this is not an ugly story, but laying in bed with my wife, I, I sleep with my wife, we're not Dick Van Dyke show, two, two separate beds, we sleep together. But I sleep with, every once in a while, I just turn over and grab my pillow and put her over her head and just lay on her. She's screaming, you're going to kill me. I said, you just talked, I'm not killing you. Just aggravated. If you, she's, you can't do this to her, but. I, I put my hand over her mouth. I don't care if it's two seconds. She's like, starts freaking out. 
I enforce my will on her sometimes just to aggravate her. Thy kingdom come, thy will, what you enforce, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not with observation. Do you know the kingdom of heaven? It's a place, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. I'm not going to teach on that, but it's a place. Listen to this. I use the God word translation because I loved it. Luke 17 and 20. The Pharisees asked Jesus when the kingdom of God would come. He answered them. People can't observe the coming of the kingdom of God. They can't say, here it is, or there it is. You see, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Within you. Within you. Within you. It's within the believer, amen? It's God's domination ruling within a believer. That's the kingdom of God. If you're a believer, you're an entourage of heaven locked up in you. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is in me and the kingdom of God is in you. Hallelujah. One thing I want you to know today is that our God is a speaking God. I remember when I first started pastoring here, uh, at my, my prayer time, it just seemed like God just kept speaking to me constantly over and over and over and over. And I thought to myself, and then it would come out in my sermons, like God spoke to me and said this. And after a while, I felt the pushback. No one said anything to me. But I felt some were thinking, he thinks he's so holy that he's hearing from God. And, uh, you know, he'll learn after a while. That's not... Our God is a speaking God, and he wants to communicate with you on an everyday basis. Have I ever prayed and found a time where the heavens just felt shut up? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I also learned that the more I spend with God, the more time I spend with him and I create time for him, he comes and inhabits my praises. He comes and visit, and my visitation is there. He comes and speaks to my heart and talks to me. He walks with me. He talks with me. That's what I found. Our God is a speaking God. Listen to this. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Our God is Word. He is word. For everything that's trying to uh, for everyone that's trying to figure out who God is, just I want you to let, let you know right now. God is word. Somebody says, Who is God? Said, God is word. It's, it's simple. It says it right there in John 1 1. God is a word. In the beginning, the Bible says that the earth, earth was without form and void and darkness. How many remember that in Genesis? Darkness. Speaks of chaos and confusion. And it was on the face of the deep. And when we speak of deep, we're speaking of water. So the world was complete in water, which was void, empty, dark, chaotic, or obscurity. That's what God was dealing with at the time. And when he saw confusion, he saw the darkness, he saw the chaos, he saw the emptiness. He was not traumatized. I should have heard a big amen right there. I just prayed it a minute ago. He's not moved by the situations. He's not. 
He's not moved. He's not afraid. He's not thinking, I, I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. Now that it's darkness, there's chaos. I, I don't know what we're going to do with this now, Brother Scotty. That's not God. He wasn't traumatized. God just said, it's time for me to speak. He said, it's time for me to speak. Hallelujah. He's going to speak into it. And he creates something out of nothing. Praise the Lord. People have to have something before they can make their own creations here on earth. How many know that? You can't make anything that God didn't already create to give you the product and the material to make something else. Praise the Lord. Well, man has to have what God already created and use God's creation to make anything that's made. God doesn't have some materialistic matter. He doesn't have to have this for him to create. He doesn't have to have anything to create. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What God, God does is he looks at something that looks like nothing. And designs it to be something by what he says. Wow, are you getting that? Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about Genesis 1 and 2. But he also does this in our life. He looks at something that's been destroyed. He looks at something that's been torn down. He looks at something that's damaged or broken and cast aside. He says, the world may see nothing, but I see something in them. I'm going to speak life into that situation. I'm going to speak life into their life. Hallelujah. I'm trying to hurry, but I'm getting tired. God just speaks. The Bible says that when he made us, that he formed man from the dust of the earth. How many have that in your Bible? He formed us. He shaped us. He squeezed us. How many has ever played with Play-Doh just a little bit? I can make great stick people out of Play-Doh. You just get a little piece, you roll it in one stick, you get another piece of it. It's pretty easy. You guys don't seem to be impressed by my talents. He made us, he formed us, he shaped us. And then, guess, this is the lesson, this is what he did right here. He breathed into us that which is him. His breath into my lungs. Ruah is the Hebrew word for spirit. He breathed the spirit inside of me. He breathed himself into each and every one of us. I want us to understand that we're, we're God first. No, you're not God. You're not the creator. You're not, you're not sitting on the heaven's throne. But he breathed the life that's in you. I heard somebody said that we're little gods. And that leads into some other things. But it's still a true story. We resemble our father. He is part of us. We're God first. Before I'm anything else, I'm God first. God is first in my life. Ruah, spirit. I have a soul that's housed in this body. The real you, people, the real you and the, the real me, people's not really discovered us yet. They haven't. They see our flesh, but they don't know who we really are. There's a God side of us that they don't know. That if you, but they can know this if we open our mouth. Hallelujah. If we open our mouth. 
And if God's spirit is in us, if we're praying God's will, we have creative power just like God. Didn't he tell us we could speak to a mountain and be moved? That's some creative power right there, isn't it? He made man in his image. You are made in the image of God. You carry God. The spirit of God is what he breathed into you. You are housing God on the inside of you. Proverbs 20 and 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What is a candle? It brings light and illumination. The spirit of God is the candle of God. In other words, if I'm a candle of God, anything that is dark, when I show up, there's an illumination that comes out. Hallelujah. There's revelation that will come out. Amen? When we're created in the image of God and His Spirit was breathed into us to be like our Heavenly Father, it's going to come out of us. That light is going to come out of us. Hallelujah. He made me to be a creative being. He made me to be a speaking person. Psychologists and therapists will tell you one of the reasons why they bring you in for counseling and to get you to talk is because when you don't speak, you internalize your pain. How many know you were never created to be quiet? Some people may have a quieter personality, but you were never created to be quiet. He gave you a voice. He gave you a mouth to speak. You were never created to see things and not say something about it. Now, I'm talking about spiritual things. There's things going on in this world we see and we sit idly by. The church is sit idly by thinking, you know what? This is not our place. It's not our part. The church needs to stand up and speak. And some things in our life is the same way. That's why we deal with so many things in our life. We just accept it and we don't speak to it. We get a discouraging diagnosis and we just receive it and begin to say that we have it. Doctor said I have it, so I have it. God created you in his image and breathed the spirit in you. Speak to your mountain. Decree a thing. When we speak, things begin to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to this, Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Everything you speak manifests fruit. That's what it's saying right there. That's why the devil doesn't want some of you to open your mouth. You're not getting this. That's why the devil doesn't want you to open your mouth and begin to praise God even when things don't look good. (laughs) He doesn't want you to open your mouth and declare that you're free from the addiction you've been in. You're free from the financial stress you've been in. You're free from anything that's got you bound. He doesn't want you to open your mouth. Mm. The enemy wants you to sit down in church and look around and act like you don't know what's going on. I don't know why these people are acting fanatical. I don't know why they're screaming praises. I don't know why Wednesday night spontaneous worship erupts in here. That's crazy stuff. That's the spirit of God that he breathed in us, coming back out, giving him worship, giving him praise. We're speaking out into the elements, speaking out into the atmosphere. People want to say that this assembly of God church is too loud, and we act like crazy people. 
I wouldn't want to have it any other way. We were created to speak. People want to say, you know what, we need to just be dignified. I am today. I'm wearing a tie and a suit. That's as dignified as it gets for me. When it comes to worship and praise, I can't be dignified. He's going to get my crazy worship. He's going to get my crazy praise. Hallelujah. Guess what? What I found out is because the quiet, shy Drew, the more undignified I get, the crazier things I do. Boy, if you've seen what I did in here when you're not here. And what I'm afraid one day, I'm not going to be able to contain what I do in private. It's going to come out in public right here. And you're going to see, he's crazier than I thought he was. It's necessary to open up your mouth and say, thank you, Jesus. We need to open our mouth and shout amen. It means let it be so. Psalms 47.1, oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. He never intended for churches or Christians to be quiet. When the word of the Lord has been brought forth, we should open our mouth and endorse the word of God. That's what you're doing when you say amen. Let the devil know that you agree with the word of God. Hallelujah. I know there'll be times that we have a quietness. We have the, the, there's a hush of the spirit. There's a holy reverent, uh, reverence in the church. And there's a time for that. And, and we honor that. And, and we, we work in that. But too many want to come to church and never open their mouth. Never praise and never worship. That's why so many Christians are struggling living their life. We better open our mouth and decree some things over our life. We better stop setting back and letting things happen in our life that shouldn't be happening. When the enemy comes after you, he's not quiet. He comes at you as hard as he can, in the biggest way he can. So our praise can't be quiet. Our worship can't be quiet. We need to open our mouth and decree some things in our life. Sometimes you just need to open your mouth and say, enough is enough. Say it with me right now. Enough is enough. I heard a song one time said, enough is enough, devil. I'm coming to get my stuff. <laughs> Death and life is in the power of your tongue. It's in your mouth. Some people think that the kingdom works on what you do. You're working for God. I've seen so many people. I've seen it in my own life. People working in the church so hard. Doing things, and, and we need to do things. I'm not saying that we shouldn't, but they never want to speak. They just want to quietly just keep working, keep working, keep working. The kingdom of God is voice activated. That's the word. The kingdom works by what you say. He works through you by what you say. In our mind, we say, I got to do this, and I got to do that. We get so busy trying to do and never accomplishing everything we want to accomplish, we have to understand that we belong to a legal system. I'm getting close to the end right here. Just stick with me. The legal system works with someone sitting as a judge. We hear judgment all the time and we're afraid. The judgment of God. I don't want the judgment of God. But the judgment of God. If you're on the right side of the judge... You want judgment. You want the judge to, to pronounce things in your favor. 
You need judgment on your enemy. Hallelujah. Wow. Judgment is only bad if you're on the wrong side of the judge. Judgment is a good thing when we're on the right side of the judge. Some of us need the judgment of God on our enemies. We, we don't need to be afraid of the judgment of God unless we're on the wrong side. Sometimes you need to say, Lord, give me judgment. Lord, give me judgment. Judges sit on thrones. We see it in the Bible. Judges rule from a seat. Kings rule from a seat. And they have what they call ministers. And you never see a king get up and address something. He sends his ministers. If somebody's going to do it, he says it. And then his ministers make it happen. Can I tell you that you're seated with Christ? You're seated in the seat of a king. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 and 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. You should not be running up and down trying to make things happen in your life. All you need to do is sit with him in heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to decree a thing. We need to speak it. We need to pray about it before we do anything. We need to be careful about what comes out of our mouth. How many has been around some discouraging people that are sitting by you right now? No, I didn't mean to trick you like that. I want to share with you what angels are. How many know what angels are? Angels are ministering spirits that were created to work on what you command. Wow, Pastor, you're, you're stepping off in something. No, I'm going to show you the scripture in just a minute. Though that's why the Bible says we have to be careful what comes out of our mouth. You're speaking things and your angels are listening. That's why the Bible says to be careful when you make a vow and don't pay it. He said, because when you say it, your ministering angel goes and takes your word. Angels are ministering spirits, and when you open your mouth, they are listening to what you say. They consume your words, and they go off to make them happen. Someone's thinking, Pastor, I've never heard this before. You're going to have to prove this to me. Psalm 78 and 24. Had rained down manna on them to eat. And given them the bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food. Angels. I just thought it was a cake at the grocery store, right? Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. Well, let me, let me take you through a couple more scriptures. John 6, 35. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. John 6, 31 says, our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Hallelujah. The, the, them scriptures just blessed me right there. I believe he is the manna. I believe he is the bread. I believe he is the word. So I must speak the word so that my ministering angels can be fed. And when my angels consume it, they bring it to God, 
and then it manifests. Let me tell you what Jesus said. He said, I gave them manna so they would understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can I tell you that some of us have been starving our ministering angels? Or maybe just feeding them the wrong thing? We're too quiet. We don't want to speak up and speak out. They're ready to minister on our behalf, but we're not speaking anything. I'm to my last page. Then we're going to praise. We're going to open our mouth and start worshiping God. Too many are sitting back and letting the devil run roughshod over you. And all you have to do is to decree a thing. I'm going to let it sink in a minute. You're sitting back. Situations are coming your way. Things are happening. And you're quiet. You're not decreeing a thing. You're not speaking to the ministering angels. It's time for you to open your mouth. Speak to your mountain. Speak the word of God. When I pray, I pray the word of God. How many, how many does that? I pray the word of God. I'm putting something into the atmosphere that I want the devil to hear. I want him to know that I'm leaning on the word and not my own understanding. Hallelujah. How long are we going to sit back with our mouths shut while our world is turning upside down? And whether I'm talking about the outside world or the world that you're living in inside your own home. How long are we going to sit back with our mouths shut while our walk with God is growing cold? How long are we going to sit back with our mouth shut and our family is in disarray? How long are we going to sit back with our mouth shut and our marriage is falling apart? How long are we going to sit back with our mouth shut and our financials are in disaster? How long are we going to sit back with our mouth shut and our health decline? It's time to decree a thing and it will be established. Hallelujah. Open your mouth and decree a thing. Tell the enemy what's going to happen. Let the enemy hear your voice. Disturb the atmosphere. Speak into the atmosphere. Declare the works of the Lord. Freedom comes from speaking. Hallelujah. Life and death is in your tongue. Speak life into your family. Speak life into your marriage. Speak life into your health. Speak life into your finances. Speak life into the dead things that are in your life. Decree a thing that it will be established. And it can't be changed. That thing that's decreed can't be changed. It can't be taken back. Speak over your situation. Decree a thing. And the best thing I know to decree is the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? We're going to decree a thing in the house today. We're going to open our mouth and begin to speak some things today. If you need healing today, I want you to speak it into the atmosphere. The price has already been paid for healing. The stripes on Jesus' back is our solution. It's it's now time for us to speak it out of our own mouth and decree a thing today that it will be established, that it's going to happen. Sing. Sing to us. 